1: From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey, welcome to the COB. It is the 2nd of September. It's a Wednesday afternoon. Really good to be here with you. I'm Nadine Blaney. And Scuddy. good to be here with you as well. How was the day?
0: Hump Day is always a fantastic day. And it's a fantastic day for anyone who was long today. It's the uh, market. After a big spill to start the month, up close to 2%. Uh, Where that came from, I would never know, but uh, particularly in light of what we saw with the economic data today, the news was not great, but uh, the market lapped it up.
1: Yeah, it's been an interesting one today. We had that record finish on Wall Street, yes, but whereas our market map yesterday was pretty much just a sea of red, quite the different story today. We've got the banks all pushing higher, although underperforming the index. The miners did some of the heavy lifting today. Uh, we also look to, you know, some of the telco space and the real estate. Woolworths was up by 2.5%, as was West Farmers, and Kohl's was eh, in positive territory but underperforming. So, yeah, broad-based buying across this market. But, you know, to your point, on a day that we have confirmation that the Australian economy is in recession for the first time in close to 30 years, what was the really big takeaway that investors should Keep in mind from that GDP report
0: Now, without the uh, government support payments, we would have been in the worst depression you could possibly imagine.
1: But the retailers don't seem to mind. We've got JB Hi-Fi up by one and a half percent. Premier Investments doing well as well. You know, anywhere to some of those auto retailers like BAPCOR doing well today. So does that mean that investors are banking on the fact that we'll get more fiscal stimulus and that potentially consumers have enough money squirrelled away now, because that number was incredible, the the jump in uh, the amount of of savings, um, that that there's enough squirrelled away that will get us through any tough times ahead.
0: Potentially, but I don't think it's going to be enough. And uh, I can't see the government going and uh, and delivering more generous uh, fiscal support measures that are already on the table when it comes to uh, support payments. Uh, maybe in the uh, infrastructure and, uh, and investment side of things, definitely there's grounds to go and do more, but I'd be very surprised otherwise. Look, the key question is whether a lot of these trends are going to be permanent. Uh, I know that a lot of people have been excited by what's been going on, the discretionary spend. Look, we saw what happened in the national accounts. Spending on services, which is a far bigger component, uh, collapsed, basically. It was down close to 20% during the quarter. That is unprecedented. Uh, I know that some people might say, well, the replacements of that, you know, uh, won't be ent- entirely done. People want to go and spend at the shops again. They'll have more income. A lot of our guests say, well, they won't be able to go and do their annual trip to Europe. I hate to say it, but a lot of the people out there in Australia don't get the opportunity to go and have an annual trip to Europe. They don't get the way that much. I think a lot of households are going to be in significant strife, uh, unfortunately. And uh, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs still. Uh, so it's no way to go and gloss it over. So a lot of these trends that are supporting retailers, in particular at the moment, I'll be very cautious tracing it, but anyone who's been following my views for a while now knows that uh, I've got a few question marks about that sector.
1: Yeah, so do you think that we're going to have a conversation, or the conversation between, you know, surrounding the haves and haves nots will only intensify here?
0: Absolutely. Uh, the K-shaped recovery, I'm, I actually believe that's probably true. Uh, you see winners and losers out of every economic downturn. Uh, But the the strange thing with this one is that uh, it's been government-enforced winners and losers. Uh, That's what's really gone and sort of made the divide between the two. And it's such a difficult task. You could talk about uh, redistributing uh, benefits to those who have benefited from this, to uh, to the lessers, but then uh, that's politically unpopular. So there's no easy question and no easy solution to it. That's why uh, I'm not going to go and get involved with politics. It's a a too hard basket.
1: (laughs) Yes, certainly so. Um, Politics came into the Facebook conversation yesterday. We continued it today. We had a really good chat with a gentleman who used to run Facebook in Australia and New Zealand, Stephen Sheeler. He says that Facebook is going nuclear. It is to the point of disrupting democracy to get what he wants. He says that it's doing it because of the precedent that the company would, or, or that would be set mm. by Australian regulation. You know, and, and like the fear of these tech behemoths is that that regulation will creep around the world and put their models at risk.
0: Yeah, sheer arrogance on Facebook, that's, I'm going to keep it short with that, but it's just arrogance on its behalf. And uh, if it wants to go down that path, I hope the company's broken up into as many pieces as possible.
1: Well, I don't know if that's likely, but it's not just Facebook that's, um, if we use that uh, being arrogant, it's Google as well. I'm sure everybody has seen those warnings that are popping up on the, their search page coming from Google.
0: Oh, the, the warnings that say beware of the other oh, no, big scary media yeah. companies will have access to your data. No,
1: Yeah, and also we'll turn off your, I mean they're blunt, we'll turn off your, your government is putting your YouTube and your Google search at risk. I know, I know, no. it's incredible. When you've got these companies, you know, in the US, going from strength to strength to strength, they reference that record high in the US.
0: You've got to go speak to someone who's involved with digital marketing side of things, which can go and look into the analytical side of things to go and know how deeply they know you. And if you're not concerned about that, then you, you know probably this. Uh, no, you've got to go and be concerned about it because they know you inside and out.
1: Okay, I sort of got off track there with that Facebook thing, but if you'd like to listen to that interview, do so via the show notes. I probably
0: took you off track. <laughs> well,
1: no, I, I actually think that was me today. But regardless, uh, let's get back to I guess equities today. We had. Uh, GWA Group actually outperforming today up by about 9%. IWOF, though, on the flip side of things, coming back online after that cap raise off by 15.5%. That's not exactly a ringing endorsement of uh, its strategy to buy up MLC and uh, get into the wealth management business and the advice business in a more significant way.
0: Yes, uh, resuming from a cap raise is not, uh, not unusually weakness, but it was particularly acute with uh, IWOF. Obviously, a few concerns about execution risk and uh, involved with that acquisition, you know, finding synergies out of that. Uh, obviously, a few people are more than a bit skeptical whether that will be obtainable.
1: So, we spoke with a number of guests about that one. Jeremy Hook at the end of the day, uh, it'll likely be up on the website. Also, had a chat, or you did at least, with Simon Mohini from uh, Alan Gray. Now, that uh, group has been very vocal when it comes to the troubles at AMP uh qbe it's also a shareholder in qbe and of course it comes in the wake of pat regan having to step down yesterday uh, but you had a good chat with him about what's next for amp as it continues a strategic review about his, of its business
0: yeah it's a bit interesting to see what it comes up with obviously though know, the potential for divestments of various uh, you know uh, parts of the company is out there at the moment we saw shareholders react to that news positively uh but uh, so many you know twist and turn when it comes to AMP. I don't really know where to start. I don't even think investors who are involved with the company are aware of what's going to happen next.
1: This is true. You can watch that interview with Simon via the show notes as well. Um, another major thematic out there continues to be China and the rising tensions on the trade front between China and Australia. We had yesterday China are suspending any shipments of grains coming in from CBH And that is a big one. They're calling it pests, but it follows wine, it follows meat, it follows barley. Um, You gotta be pretty careful when you're dealing with China, when you're a business exposed to China.
0: Yes, so uh, I asked Tobin Gorey from uh, the Commonwealth Bank about uh, how frequently you see uh, no pests, as uh, as the Chinese described it, uh, in cargoes of uh, grains that come from Australia. Uh, and He basically said very politely that it's, it's quite unusual Uh, so it's pretty clear to see that maybe it wasn't actually PES. It could have been of course but uh, obviously it's a pretty disturbing trend what's going on at the moment. Uh, We spoke about uh, bullies of one sort earlier in the other podcast, seems to be another case of uh, economic coercion and bullying in some aspects than the other.
1: Yes you really have to you know watch those names that have that China exposure uh, significantly if you have them in your portfolio just because it's such a risky risky business we spoke with pure foods tasmania it released its full year report yesterday listed in the midst of the pandemic uh it was interesting because the md michael cooper said the company has no plans to expand into mainland china at this point it does though trade and do good trade with hong kong um yeah you've got to pick your market don't you yeah and even
0: hong kong's an interesting one now because obviously like the trade uh, trade uh, treatment that the United States has now with Hong Kong is obviously changed. Uh, obviously, there's risk around that potentially with Australia and, uh, and Hong Kong. So who knows? But uh, no, uh, onwards and upwards for the time being for that company, it uh, uh, was interesting to have a big chat.
1: Yes, it was a good chat. So you can listen to that via the show notes. Pure Food Tasmania, which is PFT as a ticker code, was also the stock of the day. So Kashi sat down with his two expert guests to chat this one over. Uh, let's start with what Henry Jennings from Marcus Today had to say about Pure Foods Tasmania. These businesses are really kind of, I guess they're coattailing on the back of some of these big US businesses like Beyond Meat. And of course, Tasmania is clean, green and fantastic mm, from that. It's a good brand, isn't It's a right? good brand. Um, it is only a small cap. I mean, it's a $26 million market cap. Right. They've got big plans. Big plans tend to cost money, marketing dollars. I mean it's, it's it's great to say hey there's a three billion dollar market waiting for us but you know there's a lot of players in that market already yeah. so you need some big marketing dollars and some budgets to get in there. Um, it's you know it's a bit thin at the moment um, but you know it looks interesting that's for sure but I think it for me it's just a little bit of early days. Right. Let's see a few runs on the board. I love this business. I
0: think sometimes you've got to look at the people behind it a lot of the management and major shareholders were the guys that saw Bellamy's from zero to a $4 oh. billion dollar takeout. So right. this is part of a roll-up strategy they've launched with the pate, they've launched with the uh, uh, the trout and the salmon, but they're pushing into Woolies more recently and you'll see more of a roll out there into those uh, take home ready to eat packs. And, and yeah. really this was a an opportunity to list with a couple of established products, but continue to add to that right. suite over time. Okay. So. Uh, it's one of those ones for the assertive investors buy a few and in five years time it could be an A2 or Bellamy's kind of execution so really plenty of upside there expect them to make some uh, uh, earnings and creative acquisitions uh, in the next couple of months.
1: Okay. So that was a yes coming from Chris McDonald from Morgan's and I think it was a too soon Coming from Henry Jennings for Marcus today.
0: We'll buy a call option on the company. That, that's over. Uh, put, yeah. yeah, put it in
1: the portfolio. Yeah. Put in
0: the portfolio. Yeah. Call of, a thi- hypothetical, of course. Uh, call option. So no, one... seriously,
1: we'll be kicking ourselves if you know six months down the road we keep track and and we don't actually do anything about it. I'm
0: not even sure whether there's a, an ability to go and uh, and buy options over PFD, but uh, it might be worthwhile having <laughs> a look out of you if you want to go and play that thematic. <laughs>
1: A little bit fun here on the COB. OK, uh, plenty of reporting season coverage still. Lots of digestion of the announcements that have come out with a whole raft of guests. We spoke with Dermot Ryan from AMP. We spoke with Jeremy Hook from TMS Capital, Marcus Bogdan from Blackmore Capital. You can access those all via the um, well via the website app, but also the newsletter. If you haven't signed up, it's worthwhile doing so. Sounding like a broken record there. We've got Sky City Entertainment out tomorrow, but otherwise it's quite quiet on the reporting season front, but that doesn't mean there isn't lots to digest. We will have the Performance of Construction Index tomorrow. We'll have the um, Services PMI coming from CBA, Trade and Goods and Services as well, as the China Taixin Services PMI uh, as well. And that's just in the morning.
0: Yeah, Services PMI Thursday around the world. So uh, to me, While manufacturing is an important thing, a lot of developed nations, the services sector is a far more component of the economy. So uh, I think this is the biggest day of the month when it comes to collectively getting some information about how we're progressing. But uh, yeah, tonight we also get some factory orders uh, from the United States. Keen to see what happens there after some pretty bullish figures from the ISM manufacturing survey overnight. Uh, Also have our favourite... ADP all over the place, uh, (laughs) no payrolls report. So maybe maybe some clues as to payrolls. So we'll see later this uh, this week on Friday for the official report. But uh, that will always get attention no matter what.
1: Anything uh, more you think coming from Tesla tonight? Uh, You know, what can I say? Is the bell ringing just because of the action we're seeing from Telstra? Tesla, I should say, five billion dollars worth of new shares.
0: Yeah, uh, 5B and just uh, going offload it after a parabolic move higher. Uh, Elon certainly knows at the market uh, what, it, what it wants at this stage. But uh, I've seen a couple of products go and, uh, and come out as well recently involving leverage on Tesla's share price. And anyone who follows that stock knows it's already ridiculously volatile at the best of times. So anyone who's been around for a while knows that products such as this that Involve Leverage or Involve, you know, betting against the VIX move, you know, extreme like that, things like those lines knows how this ends. Uh, To me, it's only a matter of uh, when, not if. uh, Probably, probably soon after what we've seen after the huge run that we've seen over the last last couple of months.
1: Okay, we've got a great lineup of guests tomorrow. You can access those via the newsletter. I'll just give you a taste. Paul Ashworth, CIO at Cameron Harrison, talking about how you can best play the risk-return correlation. We'll be speaking with the CEO of Spaceship at two o'clock in Startup Daily. And uh, also, we'll wrap the day with Fraser McLeod from SHOT and Partners. Plenty, plenty happening in between and underneath that hood. Uh, but it's a Wednesday evening. Are we allowed to have a glass of wine
0: tonight? I think so, but yeah. it's, it's never, never, uh, not an excuse to have a glass of wine. But the, everyone listening out there at the moment, if you have the opportunity, go and tune in. Because I reckon this is the best time because you get lots of smart ideas. You've had reporting season, a lot of information to digest. And now it's the thematics, the themes that you can come and you know, take ideas, and investable ideas, and, and go forward with that. So there's plenty of uh, great discussions at the moment, so please tune in during the day.
1: Yeah. I love your plug, Scotty. Um, let's go get our sleep then. Have a glass of wine, get, get some sleep, and then we'll do it all again tomorrow.
0: Sounds good. Onwards and a Thursday.